Welcome to episode four of the Flock, the show where we talk about everything from video games to movies to news to mushroom-loving plumbers. I'm your host Dewey, and as always, I'm joined by our co-host Coleman. Hey guys. So Coleman, mm-hmm. what do you want to talk about today, baby? Um. Well, I don't have a whiteboard in front of me. I do have my computer, though. We are doing a slightly different. Uh, we're recording, looking at each other this time. Yeah. Eye contact. Um, which is nice. So it seems like we're actually having a conversation beforehand. We were sort of looking at each other, so it made it kind of hard. And I have a computer in front of me so I can look stuff up while we talk. But let's see. I know you wanted to talk about certain plumbers. <laughs> and um, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of them, though. <laughs> I have some movie stuff I'd, I'd want to talk about, as well as some show stuff I'd like to talk about. Some Netflix original shows. Ooh. Um, as well as... Remember I sent you that Kutaku, yeah, Kutaku o- article? Otaku? I thought it, was, it had its K in it. Was it Otaku? Otaku. Hold on a second. Oh, no, no, sorry. It wasn't Otaku or Kotaku. Polygon? It was a Polygon article yeah. I sent you. And we can talk about that as well. Yeah. Um, so let's go ahead and why don't I start it this time? Yeah, go for it. Okay, so um, <clears throat> I'll put a link uh, to this in the show notes, but there's an article on Polygon that was published January 29th by Colin Campbell, who I believe is a staff writer on Polygon. And it's an analysis of the Xbox One having a serious exclusive games problem. And throughout the article, he highlights a few things about how PS4 has a lot of exclusive games and how the disparity between the two is about two to one. So for every two uh, exclusive game that PlayStation or Sony has, Xbox only has one Um and with Microsoft uh, really just not announcing a whole lot, uh, people are beginning to wonder, well, what's the future for Xbox-exclusive games and as far as Microsoft Game Studios go? And in the article, someone hints at the rumor that uh, Microsoft may be looking to buy publishers mm-hmm. so they can kind of um, not have to do it all in-house. They can kind of delegate delegate creative um aspects to creative professionals. Two of the ones they talked about in the article, actually, I think they talked about more than two, were, hold on, I'm looking, I'm scrolling down here. One of them, someone said, hey, maybe, you know, maybe they're looking at buying EA, uh, who, if you don't know, is one of the biggest game publishers to date. Um, They have bought up many other smaller publishers, and um, they are kind of a big a player, so it, it's an interesting idea to think that Microsoft might be eyeing, and this is pure speculation, uh, looking to buy uh, EA. Well, what are your thoughts on that? <clears throat> I or, sorry, let me rephrase. What are your thoughts on what I've said so far? I totally understand where this article is coming from, and also I'll I'll state out uh, I do not own a uh, PS4 or an Xbox One. I own both. Yeah. But I do follow a lot of stuff like this, so I have kind of um, accrued some knowledge towards it all. And I think that um, one of the main problems that Xbox has with getting support like that is at the beginning of when the Xbox One is released, if you think about when it first was unveiled, they had the whole... 
oh, you have to have the connect on. You like remember all those rumors like, oh, you won't be able to you have, have to like games. be on the Internet. Yeah. Yeah. And they went back on all of those. Yeah. But I think start going out of the gate, having that and also uh, the entire interface and everything like that, looking like Windows 10 and it being more geared towards even uh, a lot of people from Microsoft say, oh, it was it was not so much geared towards gamers as more of a like home, like media, like kind of station instead of a console. They were trying to cover all their bases. Yeah. And I think that's where this whole um, debacle of like what's going on with Xbox and Microsoft started. Because if I was a third party or um, someone who's looking to license out games, I'd be like, why would I want to start putting out stuff on this system that everyone outside uh, out of the gate hates and i think that starting off that foot has a lot to do with the way people view xbox one and i think even now if you look at a lot of the games that are being put out that are on both platforms they're multi-platforms a lot of the commercials even from you know just passively watching stuff on the internet and stuff like that even like a good example is Battlefield. Game sucks, I know. But if you looked at the commercials, it's always a now out for PlayStation 4. Like PlayStation has <laughs> jumped on the ball even with those multi-plats and been like paying, probably paying more to have their name at the end of the commercial. So right. especially during the holiday season. In the article, it yeah. mentions the fact that Sony has been on point about locking down third-party deals with mm-hmm. Destiny 2, Call of Duty, World War 2, yeah. and Star Wars Battlefront 2, just to name some. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I think all that is... Well, I, I have an Xbox One. I've always enjoyed... You know, they're very active in the community as far as uh, the Xbox One subreddit. They're always looking for feedback on current uh, interface problems or interface suggestions. I've always been a fan of their games with gold, so you subscribe to... You pay for Xbox Live Gold to play online, and then every month they offer you about, I think, two free games mm-hmm. to download for free, and then you have them forever. And as a one like older 360 game, they have the Xbox 360 backwards compatibility. Mm-hmm. They have the X- original Xbox backwards compatibility. But that's that's for like a select amount of games. There's like well, it's, 13 it's, games. Or they're starting off with those 13 games. That yeah, was not but, so I mean, they ago. have a crap ton of Xbox 360 games that are available. Yeah. Um, and part of the problem is getting the licensing. You know, if an original publisher says they don't want that, then they can't do anything about it. Mm-hmm. Another, a few things that I think are on the plus side of the uh, Xbox system, and you know, I have both, and I play both. They recently came out the Xbox One X, which does native 4K at 60 frames, which is currently the most powerful home console package yeah. deal you can buy, yeah. and it's not. Terribly priced, in my opinion. The Xbox One S, which does 4K upscaling, um, and it can play 4K Blu-rays, which mm-hmm. the PS4 Pro cannot do. Yeah. Um, you know, who's to say why one is outselling the other? I mean, their sales haven't been strong, that I strong. Know. And Sony st- sales have been pretty average, but I mean, the Switch beat everybody in, in December. Yeah, but... I mean, I think the PS4 is still ahead over. I think it's right now Xbox is lagging behind and the middle is Switch, which I definitely think could come out on top at the end of this, you know, generation. Um, 
And then I think PS4 is in the lead right now. And a good example of um, one reason that PS4 obviously is staying ahead is not only because they have those commercials that are for the multiplats kind of like hinting at or like if you if you're just someone during the holiday season uh, seeing Battlestar, uh, Battlefront 2, oh, my kid wants that. Oh, at the end of the commercial, this is PlayStation. I'm going to get a PlayStation for him. I, I think it just it comes down to personal preference. I mean, th- the reason I first chose Xbox is because everybody I knew had an Xbox. Yeah. And then I was like, damn, I really like, you know, I really like the Xbox One controller. Yeah. It's probably like one of the better controllers out there. As well as I, I think the problem is Microsoft kind of, wasn't paying attention, they realized that they don't have a whole lot of first-party games coming out of Microsoft Studios. Yes. And, you know, it says here in the article that with the recent tax cut plan, they'll get about $130 billion. Hmm. Um, And with that $130 billion, excuse me, um, they could easily buy a controlling share of Electronic Arts when a controlling share of EA would be about $35 billion. So it's not even, you know... All of that money. Here, here's like a few that apparently from this Wikipedia article, which I don't know what to go off of, but this is these are a few of the PlayStation 4 only games. And there's like Yakuza 6 uh, was really awesome. Um, I, didn't, I didn't play it, but I've heard really good things. And I guess, you know, that's one. Uncharted, all the Uncharted's are only on PlayStation 4 apparently. I don't know anything about they consoles. Are. I've played them. Yeah. I actually I only played Uncharted 4 because it came with my PS4. Mm-hmm. The PS4 is the first PlayStation product I owned. Not the first one I played, but the first one I owned, yeah. and it came with Uncharted 4. And I really enjoyed Uncharted 4. It played great. Horizon Zero Dawn. Uh, uh, Horizon was good. I played I played that. Yeah. That was good. And that that I saw getting getting nominated for a bunch of awards and like Bloodborne apparently. Like Well, I mean I'm not going to sit here and say Sony Entertainment doesn't have a really strong, you know, lineup because they do. And I guess the point of the article is like, what is Microsoft going to do to beef up their own thing? And the cheapest and best option they could do is buy EA. And then they don't know if that's going to be maybe I don't know. Microsoft has got money. Yeah. (laughs) And it's just ironic to think that um, EA would be end up being bought by. Microsoft, when in turn EA has bought ten or so smaller publishers and then shuttered them, mm-hmm. um, you know they bought their competition and then closed them. Some of the ones they've bought, Pandemic Games, which they developed Battlefront, Mercenaries, Destroy All Humans, The Saboteur. They were working on Dark Knight games before they got EA shut them down after they bought them. Uh, Lucas Arts, which um, is kind of like a twofold thing because yeah. uh, Disney buying. The Star Wars franchise, but EA also bought a controlling stake of LucasArts and um, shuttered them, as well as uh, Black Box, Maxis, Bullfrog, Westwood Studios, Origin, the original Dice. Yeah. Before um, they kind of renamed them, uh, Bioware. Yeah, that's a big one. Who made like Knights of the Old Republic and the first Mass Effect, which I think is the best one of the of the ones that are out. Criterion Games, which made the Burnout series and invented the technology behind GTA 3. Mythic Entertainment, uh, which made some Warhammer games. It's a bunch, yeah. So I don't know. It's interesting to think that EA, it would come full circle and that EA would maybe be absorbed by Microsoft. And by having a control of that publisher, 
they would be in control of the third-party deals. And I can guarantee you anything that gets published by EA, which is almost every other game nowadays, mm-hmm. certainly wouldn't have any PS4 exclusive content or uh, marketing tied to it. Yeah. So it's just something I wanted to talk about because th- many people have noted the lack of, you know, where are the, not like where are the games, where because the, there's like, plenty of, there's plenty of pul- multi-platform games that are coming out. Yeah. But like where are your, where are your original IPs? Yeah. Where are your big hitters? Like where are your system seller games? Like Nintendo has Mario. Nintendo has that unlocked. Well, I'm just saying like, had that. I'm just yeah. saying like, for example, like what is Xbox have? They have Halo, Halo 5 and, and like, Gears of War. People are kind of burnt out on Halo and they've. You know. Yeah, I'm trying to think of. I know Halo, Gears of War, and then there's one other that I know that they're that I uh, Halo, Gears of War. They have this one coming out. It's called Sea of Thieves. Oh, that's a see. Here's the thing about that, and also I have to bring up another point in one second. But Sea of Thieves uh, looks like it's going to be really cool for like a little bit, but it looks so involved co-op that if you don't have anyone to play with from what i've seen in betas people playing you're just in a like boat by yourself just on the sea not doing anything like a real like real life yeah exactly lionhead studios they originally made fable which used to be a really strong ip that xbox had but they stopped doing that. oh yeah I heard, I, that's the other one i was thinking of that they might do a, a fable you know what i was always forget that they microsoft bought in 2014 that they bought hmm. minecraft oh so they're probably making a lot of money off that they bought True. minecraft for 2.5 billion in 2014 which i'm sure has made them a lot of money in merchandising and i'm sure they've made their money back tenfold at this yeah. point and i think there are a lot of people at Microsoft who care a lot about the Xbox, and I'm yeah. sure there are just as many people who also work at Microsoft who wish they just didn't have to worry yeah. about that. And I've I think that's heard a the lot problem. Yeah. Did you hear about, and I don't want to talk about this too much longer, but this is very important, about the like gamers like club thing they got going on going forward soon? In for what? For just Xbox. So you have like the your, Game Pass. Thing? Yeah. 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 I did. That is now they're doing. Uh, I think you pay twenty dollars a month, something like that. I can't remember the amount of money. But if you buy that and you start your subscription for that, for every Xbox exclusive IP, you just get it for free the day it comes out. Have you heard about that? Uh, I remember hearing about it when they had first talked about it. Yeah, and like the idea of the Game Pass because I think a version of it is already exists. Yeah, but now and Sony has their own version. Yeah, of that. and. Correct me if I'm wrong in, you know, an email or something like that. But from what I've heard is that's actually going to happen because when they announced Sea of Thieves being an Xbox One exclusive, they're like, and it will come out if you have the gamers pass for free. It'll, you get it day one. Right. Which would be cool. I yeah. mean, it, it, you know, I'm not sure if at this point in my life I'd pay $20 a month to have, like, free games. Yeah, that come that's out. that's really... N- not bad at all, considering the cost yeah. of most new games is yeah. at least $60. But that's also something that I saw and I saw as a kind of like... Seems kind of a desperate move. Exactly. That's exactly what I thought. And and although I'm not going to go out and buy an Xbox, I can see why someone would want to do that. But then you also have to think, well, if it is the pass that only 
um, is reserved for their IPs and their IPs only. They got to start buying up or making some new ones to make it worth your while to like buy that stuff to like buy I that think pass. It can also be they're kind of shooting themselves in the foot a little bit because Microsoft also has a big stake in PCs, obviously. Yeah, and you know. How can you, on one hand, say, hey, buy this Xbox to play video games? Also, buy the new Windows 10, which offers Play Anywhere yeah. on, like, PC games. So it's is, like, that, is that still a thing? Because I feel like that also just shoots himself in the foot. The Play Anywhere? Yeah. It is. That's so weird. I, I just feel like... They they started off we they started off like flat on their face and Microsoft this whole console generation is just kind of like stumbling to get up and then like has really good strides with like oh look at we have the best hardware but then like falls back down when you're like oh well what else do you have in terms of like you know games because like yeah I can play Assassin's Creed but I can also play it over here and not have to buy a brand new console you know but. I don't know. I, I don't want the Xbox to go anywhere. I really love my Xbox. Yeah, definitely. I don't play it that much currently because I only have so much hour, so many hours in the day. Yeah. But um, I think they offer a lot of really um, nice things to the table. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we yeah. could talk a whole episode about this, so I don't want to keep going too long. Yeah. But um, you know, the Xbox 360 sold so well. Yeah, and I feel like the Xbox won. 360 really kind of changed, kind of changed the game a little bit as yeah. far as online gaming and what online gaming should be. I mean, you know, console wars aside, which I think are silly, I just wish they would, you know, come out with some exclusive games. But it's hard to say, all right, let's just come up with an exclusive game. Yeah, because no, there's a lot of moving sure. pieces. Yeah, and I think I think I think they. Sony and Microsoft kind of flip-flopped there because if you think about the generation before this, when the PS3 came out, it like was overpriced. It had a bunch of stuff that no one wanted. There was that meme where it's like, the PS3 has no games. Yeah, and it's like a flip-flop because when it came out, it had that sour taste in everyone's mouth that kind of set the bar for the rest of you know the generation. In my opinion, that's how I see it. And I immediately was like, oh, well, I'm going to get a 360 because of Gears of War and Halo and like all these, you know... IPs and I don't have to pay more and it has fucking blades if anyone remembers everyone go look up blades the 360 blades yeah dude Dude, best interface of all time a big portion of my high school career 9th through 12th grade you know really formative years um, mentally physically emotionally were closely tied to the interactions and time spent on my Xbox 360 same so it kind of feels sad seeing like Xbox kind of struggle a little bit, but I don't. I don't think they're going to go anywhere. Yeah, I don't think so. I think they could do what kind of Sony did and you know release two. Uh, like they've already released you know Xbox S, Xbox, um, Xbox One X. They should have Xbox, killed the Connect yeah. a lot sooner. Off. Yeah, obviously that shit was fucked. But um, I think what they should do is just focus on the next generation. But then at the same time, then we could talk about like. What are generations now that we have these like stepping stones of the PS4 Pro and the Xbox One X? Well, like you know, Xbox One X is significantly more powerful than the PS4 yeah. Pro. But then at the same time, it's it's like a 0.5 jump in, in generations, you know? Yeah, it's it's interesting. Like like where's the Mercator line? Because yeah. like they're still putting games out on the original. Like what's interesting now is you know 4k isn't really that i mean it's accessible and you can get a 4k tv real cheap but like i don't have a 4k tv yeah 
My parents do. Yeah. But it's not it's not like people are running out there to get the Xbox One X and a 4K TV together. Yeah. Because 1080 games look good. Yeah. Like I'll play I'll play a game. I I play Skyrim on my Switch, which in in not docked mode, in handheld mode, which is seven I'm playing a game from seven years ago in 720p because I don't care. Like, it doesn't yeah. look great, but I don't give a f- an yes. F. I just want to play my games. Right. I mean, sure, the time comes along, maybe 4K is a little bit more mainstream, but as it stands now, you buy a game, then you have to download, like, the 4K assets. It's like yeah. 20 gigs. They need to work on their distribution. Yeah. They need to drop discs. Dude, we can talk about day one downloads They need. They need to hour. drop discs and either focus on optimizing digital distribution because... Yeah. And that's one thing I have a problem with on PS4 is we have really fast internet at our house. We have a gigabit connection. But downloads on PS4 will cap out. Yeah. And they're slow as fuck. Xbox One is pretty quick. And with the decrease in the cost of flash storage, there's no reason they should still be putting games on discs. Yeah. Put that shit on like a little SD card. Like the Switch does. That'd be badass. It'd next, be so much quicker. It'd be a like way quicker transfer, I feel like. Yeah. But anyway, at any rate, that's my little spiel about that article. I, I remember I, I sent that to you the other day. Yeah. I thought it was an interesting read. I did read up on it a little bit. Um, so what do you got for me? Well, I kind of just want to go over now because I feel like we kind of missed the opportunity to talk about it, but I feel like it should be mentioned just the the year that Mario had last year. What what was the year Mario had last year? It was a good year. Like okay. if you look at the sales of the Switch and then you see how many people either bought Mario Odyssey or Breath of the Wild, it's almost 50-50, but when you factor in that game being as like amazing and groundbreaking as it was, or not groundbreaking, but it just bringing a whole Which one? Lot, uh Mario Odyssey. I don't it was to... it was groundbreaking. Yeah, I know. It it took the formula of 3D Mario and just like totally changed everything but still kept there's so many little things in um just the way he moves that harken back to the 64 and the way he moves even like that jump they like kind of like where he jumps into a box forward stuff like that. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. It's just so many stuff. I, I didn't know like... you were waiting for like confirmation. No, no. I I feel like that I feel like Mario Odyssey is the the actual follow-up to Mario 64. You I know could what I'm see, I could see that. When I played, well, I mean, I played Super Mario 64 a lot, but when I played Mario Odyssey, I just kept thinking like I was playing a new version of 64, even at, yeah. at the, well, spoiler, but at the end of Super Mario Odyssey, the last, like, level, the yeah, end game dude. level is is when you're at the, the castle and you can go inside and jump in the paintings yeah. and stuff, which is cool. It was so awesome. And th- I thought that was really cool. Um, when you get the when the the moons are shaped like stars and they still have that <laughs> like noise and then um, being able to play as eight bit or not eight bit but uh, the low poly yeah sixty four Mario was so I was like I saw the cap and I was like oh my god if I wear that am I gonna like actually turn him into him or is it just gonna be like his clothing and it was like as soon as I put on that like his clothes and his actual like face and everything was polygon I was just like this is so awesome even like when you play in two D. Like where you jump on the side of the building yeah. and then you'd be playing as 8-bit Mario. Yeah. I think everything video, everything that a fan service should be yeah. 
you can see in Mario Odyssey. It's fan service, but it's functional. And yeah. it's not insulting, and it's not pandering. It's also, it's the right amount of fan service and, like, oh, yeah, we know you like this, but what if his hat could, like, you could do all this stuff with his hat. It was, like, totally, like, we're going to give you, you know, 3D Mario the way you love it, but here's this whole other mechanic. And, like, I remember the first time I was on the sand level and there was a part where I was supposed to be 2D Mario and you're supposed to go up a wall that way. Mm -hmm. And I did, like, a jump, ground pound, jump higher, get on, like, stop myself on the wall, jump out, throw my hat out, and jump on my hat to get on oh. it. And, like, doing all this stuff that, like, is not initially intended, but, like, they put it there that you can figure out stuff like that. Just, like, yeah. using the mechanics to move in, like, all these crazy ways was just, like... And they like, put all those, that gold up in high places where, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. if you try really hard to get up somewhere where you think you can get, and the game doesn't necessarily... It'll allow you to get up there, but you have to work for it. Yeah. There'll Can, be, like, gold hidden up there. Yeah. It's really... I just think... That that game was like the 3D platformer, and, the, and it's going to be that way for a long time. I loved Odyssey. Yeah, as well as that, um, I played Mario uh, Plus Rabbids, and that was actually really awesome. Because I thought I thought, I thought it looked like a dumb kids game. Yeah, the first time I the first time I saw just that, I was just like. Okay, cool. So they took, like, Mario, which is, like, beloved by everyone, and they threw him into a dumpster fire with these, like, stupid, just, like, fart jokes filled Rabbit, crappy rabbit rabbits. I'm is like, it rat? How is it spelled rabbit. on the case? It's like, it's like R-I-B-B-I, I, like, Z or something. It's really, like, rabbits because they can't, I guess, take the, yeah. Whatever. That but sounds great. If you don't know, which I'm sure a lot of people do know by now, that that game is actually a XCOM like strategy, like grid based simulator kind of thing. Not a simulator, but like it's like <laughs> it's like a turn based like shooter that's just like XCOM, where you have to place like Mario in a certain area to shoot these rabbits. And he you actually would, has a gun. You would never know, looking at the case, Yeah, that's how, that's how it was going to be. Yeah, a turn-based RPG that's did like... Did you buy a physical of that? Yeah, I did. I'm about to play that. Yeah, you should. I will. I'm, I'm like 10 hours in, 50% way through, according to uh, what the game tells me, but I never thought I'd be able to say, yeah, Luigi's a good sniper and a support character. <laughs> like, so they have actual guns? Yeah, they have. I mean, they, they shoot like... They're like kids' guns. Yeah, and they're they, not and, like bullets. And like the the effect. Th there's a lot that goes into it. So like normal, like you start off, and the whole premise behind the game is someone, uh, this person's on their computer, and somehow they create. Um, it's R A B B I D S. Rabbids, <laughs> but they they somehow morph their the rabbits world and the Mario world together. So the whole time. Um, when you first start off, you are Mar you play as Mario, but then you you have uh, the choice between uh, Rabid Peach and Rabid Luigi. Yeah, I'm looking. I'm looking at the guns here. Yeah, Luigi's sniper is like the <laughs> the the same. Is like the vacuum from Luigi's Mansion. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's really sick. I love that. But like the whole uh, the whole time you're going through the world, you're just seeing all this stuff that's like rabbits that have like morphed into 
Mario characters and stuff like that. Yeah, I'm looking at it. I'm looking at it right now. I found myself uh, as soon as you get over kind of the like humor that you see throughout the game because the whole the whole time you're playing it's in an overworld where you just walk around like 3D Mario. You can't really jump or anything like that, mm-hmm. but you can interact with it. And as soon as you cross a certain threshold, a battle starts. Um, but the whole time you're in that um, overworld, there's a bunch of like. Stupid fart jokes and stuff Love like that. The stuff you would think that come from rabbits. But if you can get over that part, like, the turn-based stuff is really awesome. You have a grid where you can upgrade, like, oh, if I get uh, this uh, upgrade when Luigi jumps on uh, a character that's um, one of your characters that is, uh, like, paralyzed or has something that's poisoned, it, like, heals that effect. And, like, there's all this, like strategy that goes into it where you can move but you can also dash through people and that doesn't count as your attack so you can like jump you can like dash through someone then run back to a character that's one of you like you're controlling bounce off of them and get even farther and it like has this whole like mechanic of um taking that kind of strategy rpg um kind of thing and just like switching it up and making it kind of like fun with like mario and like Bouncing well, off one another and like have to try it out. shooting honey guns and stuff like that. Sounds cool. Yeah. But I feel like that was kind of a sleeper that, uh, <laughs> <laughs> what? It was just, that was a sleeper. No, it definitely it was, was a funny. sleeper. Cause like, I thought everyone was, I mean, if you, that on paper sounds like garbage and, and for them to trust Ubisoft with that and then it be what it was, was like crazy. And I, that also just shows how much Nintendo, um, kind of stepped out of their box this year and, you know, license, licensing out freaking Mario. For a shooter-type yeah, defense. Turn-based, <laughs> yeah. And it just, I just can't wait to see what happens in the future, and I hope Call of Duty like Mario. Yeah, I mean. Guitar Hero Mario. <laughs> they had DDR Mario. Yeah, well. That was the best Mario that's game. That's a little bit closer. Waluigi was the main villain, so. Where's the, Walu- where's the Waluigi platformer? Yeah. We're <laughs> waiting, I'm waiting for... WarioWare or a game, a standalone game that is Waluigi and maybe Wario, but Waluigi is... few things that just occurred to me. Microsoft owns Rare. Yeah. Rare makes great games. Yeah. Always have made great games. Mm. <laughs> the recent games they've been pumping... They had the Rare Replay. That was cool. That was cool. But have you seen Banjo? What was the third Banjo game? I don't know. I'm not going to talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> But what I am going to also mention is, you know there's an IP that I really wish they would make a reboot of? Gex. Not Gex. <laughs> not the spy gecko. Yeah. Um, Viva Pinata. Oh, my God. I was just thinking about that. That shit was my shit. I, I, think, <laughs> I think for the first two games I got for my 360 were Gears of War... This is I was in a Complete weird opposite. I was in a weird place, I guess, is when I was in high school when this came out. Because I was like, Gears of War, fuck yeah, chainsaw machine gun. Like that's the reason cut I wanted people it. in half. Yeah, with a chainsaw machine gun. Like that's the biggest thing. And the other game. Play. And it was Viva Pinata. Yeah. Because I was like, sick, I get to breed pinatas. I remember dumping hours into that game. So it looked really good. Yeah, it looked awesome. If they if that's what that's what Microsoft can do. Make a fucking new uh, Viva Pinata. Yeah. I'll line up. I'll did go they, to the midnight release of that. Did they make a Viva Pinata too? Yeah, it was like, like party did. animals. Wait, hold on, let me look up. I don't. I feel like they did that, and it totally went over my no, head. It like, wasn't that bad. It wasn't okay. 
So there's Viva Pinata, Viva Pinata Party Animals, which I don't think I played that one. Viva Pinata, Viva Pinata, ugh. Trouble in Paradise. That one was really good. Party Animals, <laughs> kind of blue chunks. Then Viva Pinata and Pocket, Shadow Pocket of Infamy. Paradise was one that came off of the, like the Windows Phone. I think God. I didn't play that one. Oh no, it came off of the DS. <laughs> That's so odd. The regular DS. Yeah. Like 2008, um, which has a pretty high Metacritic score of 82 <laughs> out of 100. Um, but Viva Pinata, 2006. Viva Pinata, Trouble in Paradise, 2008. Both very great games. And yeah, yeah, they're kids' games, but they play so well and they're fun. Like, I don't care if it's a kids' game. If it's fun, I'll play it. Yeah. Oh, you know what? Let me say something. If anyone comes to me with some shit like, oh, those games for break, like, dog. I'll play PUBG and then I'll play Viva Pinata in the same hour. I, I, you don't have to like. Don't try and be like, oh, that's. I feel like so many people are like, oh, you got a switch, like. Huh, huh. I'm like, dog, shut your ass up. I like my switch. I love my switch. I want a new Viva Pinata now. I can't stop thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, uh, that would be so tight. Hopefully they do that. Or they, f- I don't think they will ever do that, but. A remaster, 4K <laughs> remaster. I'd play that shit. It's been long enough that I could play it again. Remember that fucking asshole guy who would come around and fuck up your thing? Yeah, remember when the, and you had they, to get like the platinum shovel to beat him up? And then the like the mating dances they would do. That game was so detailed. I'm about to go on YouTube as soon as we get off of this and just watch like it was very relaxing. Tw- Twenty too. minute long, uh, all all v- like pinata, pinata mating, mating dances. It's more than twenty, dude. Mm-hmm. That game was super relaxing too. All right, let's let's transfer, not transfer. Let's transition to the last little bit here because I think we're running kind of high on this one. Let's go, baby. Okay, so I won't talk movies really. I will just say that I watched um, Swiss Army Man mm-hmm. with Daniel Radcliffe and uh, Paul Dano. A really fucking weird <laughs> movie. Have you seen it? I have not. All right. Well, I don't think I've heard of it. Paul Dano, Daniel Radcliffe. Paul Dano's lost at sea, a body washes up, it's Daniel Radcliffe, and suddenly Paul, who's playing just a random guy, realizes that this body is really... Harry capable. Potter. Well, this body is really good at, like, he can use it as a robot, he can use it as a gun, he can use it... It's a Swiss army man. Okay. And... This went way... Yeah, so I have the... I have the download uh, that I can give you. <laughs> you wouldn't steal a house, Actually, would you? Actually, do you have Amazon Prime? I do. It's on Prime Video. Okay, I can watch it for free. So watch that shit, um, and I guarantee you 15 minutes in, you'll be like, what am I watching? But it's funny. It's interesting. I liked it. Uh, That's all I'm going to say about it. If you've seen it um, and you have an opinion to express about it, write us in and tell me what you thought about it. Yeah. Theflockpodcast at gmail.com. And the other thing I saw, I saw Taylor and I watched Call Me By Your Name which has been making waves recently um, because not only in Oscar nominations, as we discussed last week, but on social media, people being like, this is the saddest movie I've ever seen. Yeah, Natalie said she cried. Uh, I didn't cry. Taylor didn't cry. She was actually upset that you didn't cry. I don't know why. Taylor didn't cry either. I don't know. I guess you guys are... Yeah, it was sad, but like, it's a movie. I don't know. Um... I thought it was very cool. If you don't know anything about Call Me By Your Name, just give it a quick Google. Um, But I'm sure if you're listening to this podcast, you've probably heard something about it or you've probably seen it. I'm just going to go ahead and say I really enjoyed it. And um, I thought that 
I've always wanted to be a teenager in Italy in the 80s, so it was right up my alley, you know? Um, I do like that. Do you mean that? That sounds so inserted. <laughs> I've always wanted to be a teenager. I mean, I I've always wanted to be a wizard. No, well, I mean, I was kind of joking, but I do really like the 80s. Uh, those who know me may know that I'm really into 80s music. And one of the one of the key songs in Call Me By Your Name is Love My Way by the Psychedelic Furs. Because the movie takes place in the 80s, that song is supposed to have come out when uh, the movie takes place. So hmm. it makes an appearance a few times. I don't know. It was just a nice movie to watch. Um, yeah, it has its sad parts. And it is kind of, I guess, ends on a sad note. Spoiler alert, I guess. But it was all right. I liked it. I don't know, 4 out of 5, 3.75 out of 5. Cool. Two more things I'd like to touch on because um, I'm not a big show guy. I don't watch a lot of I don't want to watch a lot of shows because I like movies because it's one and done. You know, shows a little bit more significant time investment. Two shows that I watched and got through all the show episodes that are available are both Netflix originals. The first one being Into the Fucking World. The second one being Big Mouth. Um. Into the fucking world. I don't know. Do you know anything about it? I don't. Have you heard anything about it? Basically, this guy's like, uh, it's like a 10-part series. This guy's like, I'm a psychopath, and I think I want to, like, kill a human. Oh, I have. Or kill, like, somebody. Yeah, I've seen a preview. Yeah. Netflix likes to just hit you with their own previews. Yeah. But, so he starts hanging out with this girl because he thinks he wants to, like, try and kill her. And they go through some various hijinks throughout the first season, and it's a good watch, and I normally hate... Move. I usually hate shows that are kind of. I don't know how to describe it, but edgy. It, not ed, no, not edgy, but like they go. For, things go from like bad to worse to worse, and I hate. I don't really like. Shows. You want to have a good time. Like that's why I couldn't get in the Black Mirror because like yeah. every episode is just like <laughs> someone getting fucked up, <laughs> like someone's life being yeah, totally so, torn up right, and, and they just that's die. That's kind of what happens in this one. I, I, no, I don't want to spoil it, but like it just keeps getting worse and worse for them as it, the episodes go on. I, I watched it in one sitting, actually. I was scanning negatives and Damn. I had it on. Um, so that one's really good. And Big Mouth, which has a pretty big all-star cast. It's animated and it's about, yeah, I've, I've heard mixed opinions from people, but it's about puberty kind of coming of age. There's a lot of really toilet humor in it. Um, but it's got a pretty big all-star cast. It's got Nick Kroll, John Mulaney, Jordan Peele, Jenny Slate, Maya Rudolph, Jesse Klein, and Fred Armisen. Damn. Sounds pretty good. Among others, all voice acting. And yeah. um, it's got 100% on Rotten Tomatoes still. Hmm. 9.2 on TV.com, whatever the fuck that is netflix is really like stepping up their game they just stay pumping things yeah. up um so i watched the first season of that i thought it was good yeah. i enjoyed it i watched it again I'm gonna um, check that out. i could definitely see a season two and a season three of big mouth i couldn't see a season two of in the fucking world yeah surprise me netflix like the ending was not quite cliffhangy enough for me to be like what happened? Like, I'm not losing sleep over it. I've heard it only gets worse, though. So. <laughs> I, I did enjoy both of them. Yeah. Of the two, I'd say watch Big Mouth first, if you just want to laugh. Have it's a about time. puberty. So, like, all the stuff that they're talking about, I can remember, like, thinking were, like, things 
that were going to happen to me when I was younger. Um, so there's a tampon musical song in one of the nice. episodes. Uh, the, there is a, a musical number featuring a singing tampon. As there should always be in every <laughs> Among piece of... other things. Um, but wow, we talked a long time today. Yeah. If you've made it this far, thank you so much for tuning in. I know we were a little bit all over the place this week. But, um, Dewey, I think you have some things you'd like to say. Oh, yes, I do. So, we got some five-star reviews we're going to read. I think in all of our show notes we've put that we're going to read the five-star reviews. We've only gotten two so far. We are just starting out. Wait, are you reading the ones that have been up there? Yeah. Okay. Because there's only two. But, you know, we said we were going to read them. And it says we have more... Than that are actually there, so I don't know how it actually works. I think I think people have rated it, but they haven't reviewed it. So we have a, uh, a good amount of ratings, but no one has left a review because they don't want it to be read. And you know what? We haven't read it. So if you're listening to this now, this is your time to write a review so we'll actually read it. Because I know if I was listening to this shit and I, they're like they're not reading them, no one. But they, I see them right there. Do you want to read them or do you want me to read them? Um, I'm not going to read the names. I will. Uh, Fuck it. Whatever. Let's go. This one is from Grind the Movie. It says, wow, so good. Smiley face. And it says, Def going to keep listening. Thanks, Grind the Movie. The next one is- I'll read this one. Go for it. This one's from uh, K.T. Knopf. I don't know who that might be, but she- Oh. (laughs) They said- Love Love it. it. This podcast is great if you like keeping up with current games, movies, etc. The sound is- very clear. And the hosts are awesome. Thanks, Thank Knopf. Hey, thanks, Knopf. I'm sure you're a outstanding. Both of you are outstanding people who listen, actually care. Listen, leave a review. Fucking write something funny. Yeah. And Dewey will be forced to read it. I will read it. As long as it's five stars, right? I will read, read it. Read something. Write something really mean about Dewey, and he'll yeah. have to read it on air. So. Nothing Mean about me, not mean about other people who shouldn't be put down for no reason. Dewey's an easy target. But you know what? After you leave a review, if you like this episode, go ahead and rate it too. Can you rate episodes individually? Yeah. Not episodes. But if you like this episode, you can rate the show. That too. And leave a review. It's the best way of getting our name out there. And feel free to share it with, you know, friends, family, plumbers, and uh, masked vigilantes, masked masked vigilantes. As always, if you have any questions or comments you'd like, or just want to talk to us, you can email us at theflockpodcast at gmail dot com. And as always, thanks for listening. And this is the, the flock. flock. We'll see you next week, folks. Boom. Boom.